Now is not the time for the Flames to be non-committal when it comes to their roster construction over the next few years. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. As always, I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined by my partner in crime, Nick Zararis. And today, we are talking about uh, just kind of how the Flames might have to play nitty-gritty in their front office, which will be a new front office, when it comes to this summer and next summer. But before we do that, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, we are available on YouTube as well. And let's just dive right into this. Nick, we are supposedly a week away from this general manager announcement. That's what you would believe. I mean, they've had a head start. Uh, they've had a good month now. The, the regular season ended that first week of uh, first week of. Um, April. First week of April. Yeah, I couldn't think of what month it was for a second. My brain short circuit there. See, regular season ended that first week of April. They've had about a good month and a half to kind of figure out this process. Obviously, it's played out a little bit slower because they did Brad first, and then they took another week and a half before they got rid of Daryl. So they weren't really sure what they were going to do. But, yeah, you're going to have a real good idea of what the plan is based on who they hire because if it's somebody who's got a track record, you can look back at what they've done in the past and say, well, you can assume they're probably going to look to do something similar. Or if it's a first-time guy, maybe they're looking for more of a, a long-range type of outcome here where you bring in somebody where you're really going to give them a little bit of time to kind of get settled in, figure out everything, and then slow play it, which I, I'm not here to advocate for either position. There are merits to both, but I think there's a real uh, – you could go either way on that front, at least. Yeah, I think, you know, especially with it being, especially if it's an external candidate, you know, they don't, they might not know the whole chemistry and dynamics. And I exactly. About, like I talked about this yesterday, on yesterday's show, because there are so many factors that go into these decision makings. Yeah. It's not just, okay, there's 15 of us sitting around in a conference room discussing how Tyler Sagan skipped team breakfast and now we have to trade him. Like, that's not how this works. Um, only for quote-unquote reality team television but there are some serious decisions that have to be made and like we talked about really this entire off season and it's only may do they want to run it back with this group or are they going to want to switch it up and see what they can get for some of their guys so the first part of this conversation are the guys they have to make the immediate decisions on, the mm -hmm. guys who are free agents of this upcoming summer. They have several unrestricted free agents, none of them playing particularly large roles on the team, which makes some of these decisions easier than others. If if you have unrestricted free agents who are significant roster players, you got to take care of those guys first. But for the Flames this summer, we're talking about Lucic, Nick Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, Troy Stetcher, Connor Mackey. Michael Stone, Philip Zerona, and Matt Phillips. Those are the unrestricted free agents for this summer. They took care of Walker Dewar already, which was good. I thought that was a good decision based on – that's typically what you want. When you are overpaying for guys in these types of roles, you know, I just listed out a bunch of third, fourth-line guys and third defensive pair guys. You don't want a lot of money tied up in those guys. They just don't play enough minutes to make it worth it for you. So it, uh, in terms of the phase value – 
these are the evolving wild contract projections. They're pretty good about it. All these guys are making inconsequential amounts in their projections. Lucic knows he's not getting anything close to what he got last time around. If he even wants to play again, he's going to be on one of those Jason Spezza Leaf type deals where it'll be an over 35 thing where they can push money off into the next season if he hits certain performance thresholds. Nick Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, you can make an argument for those guys, but I think you can probably argue that they have in-house guys who can do the same job for cheaper. Absolutely, and I think, you know, you have to look at this, again, from a whole different perspective now because Trevor Lewis and Lucic and I guess uh, Nick Ritchie as well were Sutter guys. Like, those were his guys, Um, and now he's gone. So are they more than likely just going to, you know, hit the road because this new general manager is going to say, listen, we have an AHL team in town. They can do the exact thing as you can for less. And I think it's one of those situations where, again, like we knew going into this season, Lucic's contract, yes, it's coming off the books, but that money is already spent and tied up. So it's not like you're getting this additional – 6.25 6.25 or 6.5, whatever it is, in cap space. You're not gaining anything on July 1st. No, you're not. And this is something we'll talk about in the third segment, which is something I've been reading a decent bit about. And the forecast for what the salary cap is going to look like two summers from now, when suppose when we should have normal revenue because the players should have fully paid off their escrow debt. So we'll save that for the third segment in terms of this conversation. Because th- it's not this summer, it's next summer that the Flames have real serious roster considerations to make about if they're going to go for it with this group or not. Cause those guys are going to be in their early thirties or in the case of back on mid thirties, and you're going to be paying them for their age, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36 production uh, based on what they did as 25, 26, 27, 28 year olds. And right. it's, it's a tough proposition to build the team when you're paying guys for what they did in the past, as opposed to what they're going to give you going forward. I, I mean, obviously these long-term contracts are fantastic for the guys who are like getting their agency and whatnot. Like, yes, congrats. But I, I look at like football contracts and how they there's not a giant risk because it's just, you know, it's not guaranteed money. That's the other part of it too. It's not guaranteed money. They're not based on eight years or seven years, even six years sometimes feels like it's just an incredibly long time for some of these guys. Oh, it absolutely is. And the NFL is very different in salary structure where it's really hard. The only sport that's even kind of comparable to hockey is basketball because the roster sizes are similar. And even that doesn't really work because the NBA has rules to kind of help these guys out. Like the something that the NHL should look into is something called the bird rights, where the Celtics kind of bullied the NBA into getting being able to keep Larry Bird because Larry Bird was very good at basketball back in the day. And basically you can go over the salary cap to retain guys on you drafted originally. So I think that'd be a worthwhile way to help these smaller market teams be incentivized to spend more and also keep high end players. So just something that I've always thought would make sense in other leagues and kind of weird that it hasn't stuck on in a way the NBA has. Yeah. So you mentioned Matthew Phillips being a UFA Do you think, based on past two seasons, do you think him and his agent are saying we should probably look elsewhere? It depends. Because the counterpoint to that is if 
Brad Pascal becomes the GM who's been the Wranglers overhead, or if they promote Mitch Love to be the head coach from internally, then you would think, oh, I have a better chance of making this team out of Tampa because I have personal relationships established with these guys already. So that'd be a wait and see kind of thing. He needs a real opportunity to play. Yeah. He He's probably going to end up on a two-way where he might start the season in the AHL somewhere mm-hmm. else, but if he gets off to a good start, can play his way onto an NHL team. For him, I would say if I were his agent, I'd be just trying to get him NHL ice any way I could. The quickest way to do that is to go to a really bad team. You go to the Ducks, you go to the Blue Jackets, you go to the Blackhawks, you go to the Sharks and say, I want a real chance to make the team. I'm not saying I need a one-way contract out of camp, but you guys got to give me a real look to make this team in camp. And if not, I got to get a real chance to be called up. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep going around to the bad teams until I get a chance. Because there's a good 10 teams that need warm bodies who know they're not going to be contenders next year. And part of the problem for the Flames the last few years is they've been a decent team. So they're not inclined to give these young guys who need to prove themselves opportunities. No, absolutely not. And coming up next, we are going to continue the discussion surrounding roster construction and moving on from guys and potentially bringing in some new assets before it is too late. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our friends at eBay Motors. You guys know that eBay Motors is a fantastic, fantastic spot for you to get all of your secondary market needs for your vehicle. It is the summertime. Now is a perfect time to be out in your garage to spiffing things up and replacing things that need to be fixed. So just like with a championship team, you need all the parts to fit. And with eBay Motors, you get the first fit guarantee. And it's, I mean, I think it's a pretty great opportunity to take advantage of. Just add your ride to my garage and take a look for the green check. And that's how you know if your part will fit. And if there's any issues, you can get right back into the game. And there's no no hassle involved. So head on over to ebaymotors.com to get the right parts, the right fit at the right price. ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And thank you everyone so much for sticking around with us this wonderful off season. I hope you're enjoying your spring so far. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts because we're here for you every day. And next week's looking like it's it's gonna be a week for the flames. So we'll we'll be here. You guys know where to find us. So next summer. That's the real fulcrum point. Yeah, this is this is a tough spot to be in, I feel like. Oh this I think this upcoming season, so the one that's gonna start in October, mm-hmm. is gonna be the real trial run here. Where if you think that the only problem for the team this year was the coaching, the intangibles, the getting the mindset right, if they get the right coach in there, you would think, okay, everybody gels, definitely a playoff team next year. And based on how those playoffs go, that's how you would assess the merits of bringing those guys back. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is if things don't get off to a great start, is a GM, depending on who it is, and is a coach, who, depending who it is, if these are guys, are they going to have the convictions to say, we don't have it, we're going to walk away and we're going to start resetting this roster? Because the following summer, you've got Backland, Lindholm, 
Toffoli, Hannafin, and Tanev, all as free agents. And those are all significant contributors. That's your best winger. That's your best center. That's your best left-handed D. That's pro- Tanev's your probably fourth best defenseman overall because you have such good right-handed D, which does help. But that's something we can talk about, too, at some point this summer is the merits of getting rid of some of the redundancy because you have three good right-handed defensemen trying to turn one of those guys into a middle six forward or perhaps a bottom or a left-handed defenseman if possible. So there's a lot of merit to a lot of this tinkering discussion that's going to go on, but that's really the, the decision you have to make is one season enough of a sample for whoever this new group is. That's going to be, the GM, the coach to say, well, we think we can go with for it with this group. Well, that's great, but you're going to be going for it with 35-year-old Michael Backlund, 29-year-old Lindholm, 33-year-old Tyler Toffoli, and 28-year-old Noah Hannafin. Like, these are good hockey players, but you, every single year you inch past 30, you're on the hook for bad money. You might not get burned the first or second year of that deal, but by 33, 34, and you still got three or four years left on that deal, you're going to have a hard time being competitive. And this is where, when we talk about it in the next segment, the salary cap ballooning might work out in the flames favor, but that, you know, you can't get bank on that. We all thought that would have happened by now, but then there was a pandemic. So (laughs) there are many unprecedented uh, times that have been bestowed upon us by the universe. But, you know, I think really the only player that's like, not okay, not the only player, but the only older player in the playoffs right now that is truly making a case for himself is Joe Pavelski. Oh, Pavs is, he is indestructible. And see, this is something that other teams need to find ways to do is maximizing what your guys are good at. Joe Pavelski has lost some of his foot speed. So they gave him really good players around him who are able to generate transition play where he doesn't have to do the hard work. All he has to do is get to the net front or rip shots. He doesn't have to do the neutral zone work. He is there as a passenger. And I don't mean that in like a a derisive way. I mean that in like a, he knows his job and he does it very well type of way. And that's, that's a good way to integrate younger guys into a group playing Wyatt Johnston with Jamie Ben has done a lot for Jamie Ben this year. Who's an older player who I had kind of assumed was done being an impact player, but they got a really good season out of him using a good complimentary young player, which is something I hope to see the flames doing going forward with some of these young guys is unlocking older guys by having them do less work. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like they could have absolutely done that last year with Lucic, uh, but the opportunity, I mean, the opportunity was there. It yeah. just wasn't utilized. Instead, they were making him work a lot harder on that second line. And that's why it was so frustrating because he yeah. could have been used in a different way and a a more maybe not successful, but a beneficial way. Yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't there. And you have to start thinking now, okay, Michael Backlund, he's, he's not very young anymore. Um, He is in real life terms, just not in hockey terms, but can, can you really risk putting all this money into him and you know there there are pl- there are plenty of teams that are looking for that type of guy yeah way center and same with elias <clears throat> you know he's right in that age range too where he could truly 
see a significant pay increase and really elevate his play even more on a better team with better players around him. So uh, let's separate those two because the, the slightly different points I want to make. Number one on Backlund, the, the issue there is the intangible stuff, which okay. that guy, he his status in the locker room, his work ethic, what he means – when you trade a guy like that, that sends a message to the rest of the group that, hey, it could be any of us out the door next. They they don't take care of guys here, and that works against you, which is uh, – it sucks that that's kind of a part of this aspect is you do have to manage your relationships and how you treat people. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Vegas made the playoffs this year and is on a deep run, but last year when they missed, that was the, the prevailing sentiment in a lot of their obituaries from last season was – well, they don't take care of their players. They're quick to jettison them. They don't care about chemistry, whatever. They, they'll do anything to get better players. And suddenly you don't hear any of that because they're in the conference final and Jack Eichel could win the con Smythe. You, you don't hear that. So there's arguments. I understand the inherent value of that, especially because you're going to be a new GM in here, a new of coach course. in here. That sets the, the precedent because you trade Backlund, then that's going to be a message to Lindholm, to Hannafin. They're probably not going to take care of me. They probably maybe will keep me here, which, again, that's a real struggle. And none of them were particularly committal when asked about this, but getting rid of Daryl only helps the case. So you've got give and take there. You've got some things to think, hey, the situation was really bad this year. It can't possibly be that bad again. If everything goes right, you see an argument for at least two of those guys staying. And then maybe I think there probably is a hockey trade to be made with one of them where you get something you need for one of them and give a good hockey player to someone else. The the hockey trade is hard to do in today's NHL because of the way money typically is, where it's really hard to find player-for-player deals that work Mm -hmm. out particularly well. I mean, everybody remembers Adam Larson for Taylor Hall and Shea Weber for P.K. Subban. And you could argue those deals ended up working out for the most part where the Devils got their playoff run, the Oilers got the one defenseman they felt they needed. Ultimately, that didn't make a difference. One defenseman wasn't fixing their defensive issues. The the Predators got their cup run, and the Canadians got their cup run. So arguably, you could say those worked out, but it's very rare that you see that work. Or you could do more recently um, – Pierre-Luc Dubois and Roslovich for uh, – Pierre-Luc Dubois for Line a and Jack Roslovich, Columbus-Winnipeg. That's the other one that comes to mind. But it's very rare you see those happen. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, I think what my mind immediately just went to when talk, talking about taking care of your guys was how the Flames treated Sam Bennett on his yeah. way out. Yeah. You know, he was not playing – at his potential like the way he is now and he's currently in the eastern conference finals with his good friend matthew kachuk um and they i i will never forget that you know the time he went into the locker room and said i only found out i was scratched no one told me but because i had to go and look at the board and see the lineup no one could no one could face me and basically tell me to my face and have you know Decency, the leadership yeah. And, yeah. and not even like they couldn't even get geo i mean not that it's geo's place to do that but yeah. as a captain or someone else and your own coach for god's sake yeah. you can't own up to that and be like you know we're doing this to you know revitalize you you need a break this could just you know give you a jump start so hopefully yeah. we don't see anything like that again because i think 
you know, Sam Bennett was very well respected in the Flames room, uh, except for when he was taking penalties night after night, basically in Nikita Zadorov situation there. But they can't do that with a guy like Backlund. They can't afford to do that. I don't think so. I, I and you're probably going to have to eat it. That that's the thing with that type of contract. You're going to give it. You know, you're only getting one or two good years out of that, and it's in every bit of Backlund's interest to get as long a deal as he possibly can because that's the last one he's going to get more than likely right. in the NHL. Yeah, so he's going to make the most of it. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's not his fault. Exactly. No, I never begrudge the player. I never begrudge the player for maximizing their earning power. That's why I always do the, if I were the agent and then if I were the GM, because they have very conflicting interests. 100%. Everyone's, someone's trying to save money and someone's trying to bank the money. So coming up next, we are going to talk about the salary cap and hopefully that will put some more money into the players and agents pockets. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our New friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs are a fantastic, comfortable, and just versatile uh, pair of gym shorts. Or really, you can kind of just throw them on for casual. I'm wearing mine right now. Uh, Which color did you get? I got white. You got white. Okay, I got gray and then I think like an orange, like creamsicle pair. But my favorite thing about this was the tumbler. I was very, very happy to see (laughs) they ruined tumbler um these shorts though are very comfortable they are they don't have like any chafing when you no. walk uh, they got the lining they're very comfy yeah and it's great to just kind of have like that stretchy airy fabric especially in these warmer months oh, so yeah. you can get yourself some bird dog shorts along with a free tumbler at birddogs.com slash locked on nhl and I think it's great because you are supporting a smaller business. But of course, I just, I, I love this thing. I, I've used it every day since getting it because, again, the tumblers are just like the shorts. They're versatile. You know, I can bring this to a tailgate and have, you know, something else in it, not just my water. But again, that is birddogs.com slash NHL. And when you enter promo code LockedOnNHL, they will throw in a free custom bird dog yeti style tumbler with every order and thanks everyone again for sticking around with us make sure you're following us on twitter uh, they're on the screens if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening on audio at jess belmosto and at nick Zararis. i are these unprecedented times over for the nhl um, for the nhl salary cap so from my understanding coming into this season the logic was if everything went right, the escrow balance would be paid off after this season. But you don't know that until you see how the last two rounds of the playoffs go. Mm -hmm. And that's really why you saw a lot of traditionalists bemoaning the composition of the final four, that these aren't markets with gaudy ticket prices with long decorated histories. And I understand why people want to just get this over with, pay off the Astro, et cetera. Uh, The hope is, yes, that next season, the players will not be making up a deficit. Uh, I understand why they agreed to get the season in the way they did the last year Mm -hmm. and a half. Excuse me, not year and a half. The 20 when they did the bubble playoffs and then the 56 game season. I understand why they agreed to pay off this balance, why they agreed that, 
they kind of didn't have really have a choice where the owners were going to get their money back no matter what. It's why the empty stadiums were such a drag for financial reasons for those years. Because the NHL relies on tickets for the most of any league to make up its revenue. The NHL's TV deal with multiple networks involved is less than half of what the NBA's is. And more, the NHL has more teams. It, in, it's in two more cities. Uh, I understand the NBA is significantly more valuable and it significantly got a better foothold. I mean, the the NHL, the cup final is going to be on cable this year, not network TV, which that's not great. You want your championship game to be on network TV where anybody can get it as opposed to cable. But <clears throat> enough complaining about that. Yes. To answer your question <laughs> after that diatribe, in theory, yes, we should see an increase in the neighborhood of four to five million dollars. It should. That, sure. that would be my rough estimate because I remember writing in the summer of 2019 when the Rangers traded for Jacob Trouba, they gave him the big extension, that if the math just held out that every year the NHL, the salary cap had increased by about $4 million and the new TV deals were going to kick in this two, last year was the first year of the new TV deals. And comparably in the NBA, the first year of the new TV deal in 2015 the salary cap went up 15 million and that assuming the NHL is about half of that 7 million, 8 million. So yeah, in theory, the NHL should be as much as 8 million increase, but realistically you're probably looking in the neighborhood of four. Of course, because um, you know, the NHL has a great way of just kind of shooting itself in the foot with all of these um, what I would consider, I mean, granted I can't do their jobs, you know, negotiating you know trying to get more for more bang for your buck um and hoping especially this nhl jersey deal like i we're just gonna come back and revisit this at some point probably in a year and a half and everyone's gonna say my my numbers are falling off and but whatever i i'm very happy for you know, these four teams in the conference finals that are, you know, able to afford <laughs> to go to these games at reasonable prices. I think that that is um, very, very exciting considering most, I mean, you and I both know that it's not cheap to go to a Bruins no. or Rangers regular season game, no. let alone a postseason game. No. So, you know, it's great to see, you know, fans ex- getting to experience this stuff for the first time. And it, it is good for the game, okay? Uh, I, I wrote about this yet. I wrote about this yesterday. Three of the top seven American point getters this past season grew up in the Arizona suburbs. If you add Austin Matthews, four. Austin Matthews is born in California, so I didn't count him in there, but grew up in the Arizona. Four of the top seven point getters from <clears throat> from this past regular season are from that Arizona area. You add Jason Robertson, that's California. You add Clayton Keller, that's Missouri. Those are non-traditional hockey markets. And then Jack Hughes, Orlando. That's your top seven point getters is the Kachuk brothers, uh, Tage Thompson, Austin Matthews, Jack Hughes, and Clayton Keller. That 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 is your testament to the Southern Hockey Project working, that yeah. you've got guys in the league now from that footprint in the Sun Belt. So it works. Hockey in the South works, or not even just the South, but non-traditional markets throughout the U.S. And I don't care if people are going to say, well, Arizona, we're not talking about the Coyotes right now because that is a whole separate issue. Go listen to Lockdown Coyotes to have them dissect that. But 
you wanted to take the last few minutes here to talk about a hockey player. That means obviously a lot to you and with his anniversary of his um, unfortunate passing. Yeah, Rick Ripon's anniversary of his passing was yesterday. Uh, go read or watch Kevin BX to talk about this because Kevin was teammates with him in in the minors, played with him in the league for a while. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. Ask for help when you need it. For too long, hockey has kind of rooted itself in, you'll figure it out, you'll figure it out. This is the best game in the world. Because you play it, you're tougher than everybody else. It's okay to need help and asking for help is the hardest thing to do, but for the hockey community, it's the, we're not where we need to be, but we're getting closer to where we need to be. And that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. And he was one of three players to um, unfortunately end their lives in 2011 alone, which is just staggering to think about and um if you haven't obviously nick and i have talked about it on here go read boy on ice as well it's a very good book sad it's just a sad reality for a lot of these players and you know not even just uh, mental health doesn't discriminate it does not care if you are making millions of dollars doing what you've chased the dream you've chased your entire life it does not matter if you are just an everyday human being, you still need to protect your mental health and do what you can and not be afraid to ask for help. I think that that is one of the just we need. There have been a lot of unpacking the stigma and breaking the stigma recently, at least in the last 15 years, I would say so. But we still have a lot more to go. And Resources are there. Um, I will post some in the show notes, of course. But um, yeah, thank you, everyone. And you're not alone. I promise. It, it it gets better for for everyone at some point. But that'll do it for today's episode of Locked On Flames. As we are unfortunately out of time, but thanks for sticking around and hanging out with us today. As always. We appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts. And we are also free, free 99 on YouTube. And you can follow us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and at Nick Zararis. And we'll be back. Oh, I'll be back tomorrow. And um, we're just, we're just going to keep this general manager talk going because who knows? News might break before the end of the week. <laughs>